Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. We are starting a brand new series called Unburdened, and today we are going to be talking about the hardships that we often have to face and sometimes interpret very differently than the way that God wants us to. Of course, no one is looking for trials, no one's looking for hardships, no one's looking for difficulties and challenges in life. What we are looking for is for a way to overcome them and to live a life that is fulfilled. It's a challenge for us to not be able to live a fulfilled life when seemingly things are always in the way. Obstacles continuously impeding our progress forward. All we want to do is live a life that brings us meaning, that is filled with purpose, a life that is filled with joy. And yet there are so many things interfering with that over and over again. And so today we're going to look at some stories and teachings that Jesus gives us that help us to better understand this situation for our own lives. So let's jump right in. I mean, one of the challenges I believe that we have been facing today is that every time we think things are getting back to normal, there's something else to interfere with that. What we believe is somehow going to make our lives better. What if we didn't count on external things on making our lives better? What if we didn't depend on them as much as we do to believe that things that are happening to us either fall into the good or bad category for whatever it is that we need to do and accomplish in this life? Think about this. When we live a don't worry, be happy kind of lifestyle, it sometimes sounds like, well, we're just kind of shedding responsibilities. We're getting rid of our obligations. We're becoming apathetic and uncaring in one way or another to the circumstances or even to the people in our lives. It's not all about thinking things are just going to work out for us. Because often, even that kind of thinking, no matter how positive, doesn't result in things getting better for us. How about when we tell ourselves or maybe someone else to just chill out? Or what if we look at someone and envy them because we look at them and we say, wow, they're so laid back. I wish I could be like that. It seems that their life is so much better than my own because they don't seem to let the worries of this life affect them. I've been on vacation many times and when I've been there, I've seen a life's a beach sticker on someone's car in front of me driving me crazy as I try to get around them. I don't have that life's a beach mentality. I don't live at the beach. I visit it once in a while. I wish I had it all the time. And there are things that can get in the way of life's a beach mentality, things like bad drivers and traffic or maybe me being an impatient driver. I do know this, that when we are cruising down the highway with the convertible and with our hair in the wind, 
that sense of freedom rushing over us through the twists and turns of the road is the kind of feeling we want to have all the time. It reminds me of a time when on vacation with my family, I made a very poor decision as a dad. I did not put my kids or my wife's needs before my own. When it came time to pick up the rental car, um, they discovered at the very last minute that what I had asked for was a convertible, a two-door convertible. And when they got there, they were like, Dad, what is this? Like, we don't have any room. Like, where are we supposed to put the luggage? I'm like, chill out, be laid back. Life's a beach. It's going to be great. Let's just go on this trip. So when I open the top, there's no room for the luggage inside the trunk. The top took up almost the entire space. So now everybody's upset. Like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, no, we are not returning this car. We are going to keep it. I want to drive in a convertible. I want my hair in the wind. I want to have fun. This is my dream. Stop crushing it. And so we took the suitcases and put them in the back seat between the kids. So not only do they have no room for their feet or their legs, now they've got the suitcases between them. So you can already see where this trip is going. So now the top is down, and I'm on the highway. I force everybody on the highway. I don't care. We're going. And as we're driving down the highway, and the wind is blowing in my face, and hair is flying in the wind, I look over at my wife, and she's holding her ears because the wind is going in her ears. She has an ear sensitivity thing that has drove, driven me crazy in my entire marriage. Her hair is flying all over the place. The kids are miserable, screaming in the back. They can't hear anything. And I'm just driving, just loving every moment. Sometimes when we are having the time of our life, no one else is. Sometimes when our dreams are being fulfilled, it's crushing everybody else's. I think that when God wants to bless us, he has this beautiful concept of it should be blessing other people too. It didn't work that day, for sure. I learned something after a week of doing this, you can imagine how I heard it every single day. But I want you to think of how God did not make us to be carefree, how he has fulfilled us so that we can deliver on the promises that he actually has made on our behalf. And just to be clear, God doesn't want you uh, to be crushed by life's hardships. He doesn't want you to live your life somehow unfulfilled. He wants you to use the hardships that this life can bring us and use it as momentum to propel you forward towards your goals. There's a difference between life's burdens and the ones that God gives you to carry instead. I want you to imagine a way of life a God-given ability to effortlessly carry the burdens of this life with ease. Imagine that God gives you the ability to face anything, to deal with anyone, to carry any weight, regardless of whether you feel prepared to or not. Can we put that kind of trust in God right here, right now, 
even if we haven't had that kind of an experience, well, the Bible is filled with stories just like this, of people just like us who couldn't trust God at first, but then God showed them how they always could. And we're going to learn from their lessons as well as learning from our own past experiences just so that we can take steps forward and definitely do this differently. I want you to make a decision in your heart that you are going to refuse to worry and commit to prayer instead. And every time that you get to a place where you begin to worry, I want you to commit those worries to prayer. So instead of worrying about the situation, here's what you do. You stop yourself from worrying, and then you turn that into a request of prayer to God instead. People say, how do you stop worrying? You turn the worry into prayer. How do I stop being covered by, my, by the weight of the burden? You lift those burdens to God in prayer. And so every time you begin to worry, turn that into prayer. I want you to also begin to let Jesus live in you like you have asked him to. You have asked Jesus to come into your life. Now give him the space that he needs to do it. Stop limiting Jesus to a corner of your life where he doesn't have the room to do everything that he wants and needs to do for you. You want him to lift your burden? Give him the space to do it. You want him to carry it? Let him do it. You want him to take up more space? Then give him room. Make room for Jesus in your life. And you will see that this life and its burdens can be carried very differently when we give him that opportunity to do exactly that. Well, I want to tell you that in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30, that Jesus on a very important occasion, he said this, I want you to come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. I want you to take my yoke upon you, and I want you to learn from me, because I am gentle and lowly of heart. And you will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now the interesting thing about this passage is that he's not saying that he's going to take our burdens away. He's actually asking us to take on his. Like we didn't have enough already. How can I take on another burden? How can I take on another weight? And what Jesus is saying is that you'll see that when you take this on, it'll be very different than anything else you've had to take on or that you didn't want to take on and were forced to take on or something that someone asked you to take on because they couldn't carry it on their own. And so now you've got your own stuff plus somebody else's stuff and stuff you never even wanted in your life, things that were done to you, given to you, things that you felt guilty you had to carry for somebody else, all of that, imagine. And then on top of that, Jesus comes to you and says these horrible words, take my yoke upon you. And then he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. No, Jesus, this is not what I want. What I want is for you to get rid of everything. Okay, pastor, I don't get it. Tell me, why is this series called Unburdened again? 
it, it seems that the burden is getting heavier and not lighter. And, and that's because we're not understanding how Jesus is providing an exchange here that we don't always know how to apply. These words were not given by Jesus to deal with the stresses of life, but rather he gives them to us so that we would be away and out from under the burden of struggling with a religion that forces us to follow rules and where we never feel like we are in a right relationship with God. So when Jesus says these words, he says, I want you to stop thinking and stop imagining and stop believing even for a moment that you can somehow do this on your own by somehow being in a right relationship with God by somehow following all of his rules because all that's going to do is just increase the burden in your life. And what I want you to do is I want you to take me instead. I want you to lay down the law and I want you to pick me up instead. That's what Jesus is saying. That's why he's saying his yoke is easy because compared to the Ten Commandments that no one could ever fulfill, Jesus is saying, if you pick me up, here's what's going to happen. I'm not only going to be easier to do than the Ten Commandments, but I am going to give you the strength to do it. Because before they had to do the law in their own strength. But Jesus says, when you pick me up, not only do you do the ten, but I can give you the strength to love your neighbor and to do so as you love yourself. So you can love God and then you can love your neighbor too. And so all of a sudden, the burden of the law is nothing because Jesus is the one fulfilling it on our behalf, in us, strengthening us, giving us the power that we didn't have on our own. There he is, taking up more room, making it possible for the burdens of this life to be carried by a strength that is not our own. They had to carry it on their own before Jesus came along. And now Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, because guess what? I don't just come in you I give you the strength to become like me. Wow, Jesus, thank you for doing that for us. Thank you for helping us to see things differently. And just like the disciples who were at sea with Jesus, when the storm came, guess what happened? You can't get rid of the wind, and you can't get rid of the water. You can't get rid of the wind, and you can't get rid of what the wind causes, which is the waves. You can't get rid of those things. Those things are inevitable. Just like trials, just like trouble, just like burdens, just like weights that we have to carry. But here's the difference. We can learn how to walk on the wind. We can learn how to walk on the water. We can learn how to believe in a Jesus who calms the waves. We can do what we could never do on our own. You see, Jesus wasn't telling you that the wind wouldn't be there. He wouldn't tell you that you'd never have waves ever again. What he told you is that he would teach you how to walk on the water. Can we say amen to that? God is ready to show us that. He's ready to do that for us. 
when we look at the names of God, we, we are amazed by them. And we kind of say, wow, this is great. I wish the names of God would always be powerfully seen and known and understood in my life. In fact, when we think about the names of God, we think of names like deliverer, provider, healer, even warrior, right? We love these names. But did you ever think why these names exist? Listen, the reason God is called deliverer is because there were slaves. The reason he's called provider is because they were in a desert and they didn't have any water or food. The reason he's called healer is because disease had stricken them. And if Jesus didn't heal them, they wouldn't be healed. He's called warrior because they were always surrounded by enemies. Now, I love these names of God. I just don't want the problems that come with it, right? I just don't want the definition to become a result of the burdens that I've had to carry. But know this, he's deliverer, provider, healer, and warrior because we will have trouble in this life. We will have hardships. But all those things will be used by God as momentum to propel us forward in achieving our goals and more importantly, in making his name known throughout the world. When people will look at our lives, they will see that deliverer. They will see that provider. They will see that healer and they will see that warrior. And when people will look at you, they will see Jesus who has come into your life and has begun to carry those burdens for you and with you and has given you the victory as well. When we think of the Garden of Eden, we think of a time in which our first parents didn't have to have to earn the approval of the Creator. You know, what really messes me up is when I live in pursuit of the approval of others. I mean, I think about having to, even today as a grown man with a family of my own, of trying to somehow still please my father who's been dead for decades. I, I think about how difficult it is for me to live my life as a pastor without somehow just also having the approval of my own community of faith. Even though I have achieved much and, and by someone else's standards would say, I've done a lot, in my eyes, I've still done nothing. Uh, they didn't have to worry about that in the garden. They got to talk to God and walk with him until one day a burden came into their life that caused a separation in their relationship and they've been trying to and they were trying then to regain his favor over and over again. And guess what? We're still struggling with that same thing. And you know the, the burden that we may be carrying right now is the need for approval, some greater love, some greater respect, some greater honor, some greater sense of, of community, something more than what we've had. That emptiness that is in all of us may be driving us to try to experience that over and over again in the different phases of our life. And here's the mistake that all of us are making is that we cannot have that fulfillment in this life and in this world. We can only get it when we allow Jesus, who is 
the Redeemer to free us from that and to put us back in a right relationship with the Creator. He brings us back into a relationship in the garden that Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane sacrificed everything so that we could experience community and oneness with God again. He came to restore the garden. He has come to fulfill your life. And he's done it and is able to do it even in the midst of the greatest hardships. I want you to see Jesus the master differently. And I'm going to conclude with the story in Matthew chapter 25. In verse 25, it says that the third servant said this, I was afraid, and what I did is I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and you gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received at least some interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten. Now that servant, he only saw God and his master one way. I mean, he only saw him the way that many of us see God, and that is someone who's harsh, someone who's hard, someone who we have to always be careful about and, and, and careful with, and you never know how he's going to come down on us. And so if he gives us something, we're afraid to even invest it or do something with it for fear that if we lose it, then he's going to lose it on us. We sometimes think that the best thing for us to do is to, is to just do nothing. And so many of us have just turned our back on God because we see God only in that way. He's harsh. He's a harsh master. Why would I somehow give my life over to this God who would be so hard on me? But I want you to see that the first two did something that the third one was not able to do. And that is that they doubled their money. But the third allowed fear to take over and he buried it and he did it to preserve himself. They each saw the master differently. He couldn't trust the master's mercy in the case of failure, but the others, they risked everything. And God said that they would be called good and faithful and they would enter into the joy of their master. The third, what happened to him? Well, he was thrown into darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth, the pain and the regret of a missed opportunity staring him in the face for the rest of his life. And yet, all he had to do was trust and believe in the reward that would come with the risk. You see, we do have to risk in this life. We do have to step out in faith. There is something that is going to be asked of us. And often what is being asked of us is to leave things behind so we can pick up the things that God wants us to carry instead. That's what he means when he says, I want you to take up your cross and follow me. What he's saying is that there's a bunch of things that you're coming to me 
in this relationship with, I want you to leave those things behind and I want you to pick up my cross instead. He's not saying, I want your life to be hard. I want your life to be filled with trials. I want your life to be painful. I want your life to be a disappointment. I want it to be agonizing. I want it to be so hard for you that it's going to feel like every day it's like being crucified. That's not what he meant. What he meant is everything that you bring, I want you to know you don't need it because what I've got to give you is so much better than that. And all you've got to do is follow me. Take up that cross. Trust me. Trust in my mercy. Trust in how I can fulfill you. Trust in how I can guide you. Trust in how I can bless you. Trust in how I can multiply what you receive from me in the first place. You didn't bring it. You left it behind. I gave it to you and then I multiplied it. Just like the talents. It wasn't their investment. It wasn't their investment. God gave it to them to invest. You want to see blessing in your life? Let God bring it in your life. Let him multiply it in your life. Take on his burden. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And your life will be fulfilled. All we've got to do is just see things differently. And so, Father, I pray that in this moment you would help us to see them differently, to experience them differently, to come before you repenting of how we have done things and how you are teaching us to do them instead. Unburden us, oh God, from this false teaching that we have somehow lived by. Unburden us, oh God, from the lies of fulfillment that we have pursued. Unburden us, oh God, with the belief that we somehow could bring or do things in our own strength and come into our lives. We give you the space, we give you the room to increase so that you can do all that needs to be done. Teach us to walk on the water, I pray. Teach us to overcome every trouble and every burden. Give us the strength to carry it, to overcome it, and to be victorious in spite of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.